0: Ball, and it is for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Introducing first, the challenger from Pensacola, Florida, weighing in at 265 pounds. And his opponent, being accompanied by Stephanie McMahon, from Greenwich, Connecticut, weighing in at
1: 255 pounds, he is the WWE
0: World Heavyweight Champion, Triple H! Wrestling fans... At this time, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce what you have been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is
2: The Dirty Dog, Darcy.
0: So you can shut up and realize I am not the flavor of the month. I am not the next big thing in the WWE. I'm the only thing. I'm the only thing that matters because I am the best in the world at what I do? I'll say it again. I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right
2: now? And you're listening to the dog house with me, the dirty dog Darcy, over at main event What the
0: hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past. Huh? When? Just now. We're at now. Now. Go back to then. Right? Really? Now. 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 I can't. Why? I missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon.
2: And on this podcast, I talk about anything that's on my mind movies, wrestling, music, pop culture, politics, whatever.
0: We came. We kicked its ass! Did you see it? What is it? We got it! What is it? Will there be any more of them? I knew
2: it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Now let's get into the podcast.
0: Keep firing, assholes! Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions. What do you mean biblical what he means is old testament Mr. Yes. mayor real wrath of god type stuff exactly. fire and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years of darkness earthquakes volcanoes the dead rising from the grave human sacrifice dogs and cats living together that's hysteria enough i get the point the cream of the crop nobody does it better
2: King of Kings has been dethroned for a Roman Empire down in Dallas, Texas, hosted inside the AT&T Stadium. But before I give you my opinions and such, let me introduce this first podcast, the Dog House Podcast with me, the Dirty Doc Darcy. As you guys heard in the song for the podcast, this podcast would be on anything and everything that interests me. If you're a subscriber to my other podcast, Main Event Status Radio, on iTunes, this first Doghouse episode will be included there because it's, uh, I'll say, on wrestling, WrestleMania 32, and I wanted to include my recap of WrestleMania 32 and in, res- in the rest of Main Event Status Radio episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. And besides that, since this is kind of a timely podcast, I wanted to get this up and out to... To you listeners on iTunes right away. But unlike most podcasts out there, since I'm on the topic of podcast, I'm I don't want to guarantee a timetable on when I'll drop more Doghouse podcast. And I also want to put out there that I'm not promising that there'll be other podcast episodes of the Doghouse. Because I want to record this one, record the first one, upload it, and see if there's any interest out there for me to continue doing more podcasts on my own. Um, I'll see. feel free to hit me up on Twitter at DirtyDogMES. Again, that's dog as in D-A-W-G at Dirty Duck Mes, Or elsewhere on social media, wherever I post this. Or by other means, let me know how you like this episode. If you want me to do more episodes... I want topics um, like said in this in- intro. On this podcast, be on anything and everything that interests me. Professional wrestling, as you know, I'll do another podcast. Main event status radio on uh, movies, music, philosophy, religion, whatever I feel like. I can do a decent podcast on. I'll do it. Or if I can get a good guest on talking a certain certain topic, I'll do it. Um, so if you guys have any interest or guest request, hit me up you know, social media, Twitter wherever else, let me know whereas right now I'm digging a lot of Elton John so I'm sure if I do another episode or two or whatnot, I'm sure I'll probably talk a lot about Elton John and his music and how much it's touching me, getting to me lately so I'll probably do that somewhere down the road on music and Elton John and Whatever else. So, I guess this is my monologue I want to get done before getting to WrestleMania 32. So, since my monologue is done and over with and yada yada yada, you guys are listening to this to get my thoughts and opinions on WrestleMania 32. That happened Sunday, April 3rd to 2016 down in Dallas, Texas. So, let's get into it.
0: I would cock this here fist And I would make it rain in that bitch
1: Because you know I'm all about that
0: Rains Bout that, no, that, that, no, that, that Rains No Brian I'm
1: all about
0: that Rains
1: about that Rains No Brian I'm all about that Rains about that Rains No Brian I'm all about that Rains about that Rains Yeah, it's pretty clear I don't have friends But I can Cock it, Lock it Like I'm supposed to do. I got that
0: Cool factor That
1: all the boys shapes.
0: Long flowing hair
1: In all the right places I see them
0: New Japan Working out Strong style
1: We know that shit ain't real Come on now make it stop If you got Magic
0: beans
1: Just raise them up Cause every inch of you
0: is Fantabulous From the
1: bottom to the top
0: yeah. Vince McMahon
1: Told me don't worry about
0: you. Promo Giant beanstalk the
1: whole night, and
0: no, it no match of the years.
1: So, if that's what you've been doing, go ahead and move along because you know I'm all about that rain, by that
2: rain. No, Brian,
1: I'm all about that Rains.
2: The WWE officially put out that tennis record as. 101,763 attendance inside the at t Stadium down in Texas, and down in Dallas. Uh, the previous WWE record that they claimed as attendance was 93,173 for WrestleMania 3 in 1987 in the Pontiac Silverdome over in Pontiac, Michigan. If you guys really don't know much about WWE attendance figures, they like to, they tend to I least back in 87 you know, when they surpassed their WrestleMania 3 record. They like to bump it up to a number that isn't true. For WrestleMania 3, if I remember correctly from Dave Meltzer of WrestlingObserver.com, I believe he mentioned before that WrestleMania 3 attendance record was like right around 78,000 or something like that. Not the 93,000 plus that WWE claims. Um, Dave Meltzer did uh, did mention in his newsletter, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and on his podcast, the Wrestling, Obs- Wrestling Observer Radio, over at WrestlingObserver.com, that the uh, attendance record actually inside the at t Stadium was 93,370. Then he is quoted on saying the tennis as would be normally announced for the event, would well, yeah, it would be that? But another, no, another number I hear was ninety seven thousand seven hundred sixty nine people in the stadium. That includes stadium personnel, WWE personnel, etc. So either ninety three thousand people or ninety seven thousand people. Either way, so let's just say the ninety seven thousand seven hundred sixty nine people, and they bumped it up to one hundred one. Thousand seven hundred sixty-three. so that's like what three 4,000 people that's pretty good to what like they did in 87 when I mentioned 93,000 people that they claimed but they actually did like 78,000 so I know this information nowadays is a lot easier to obtain so I'm sure that's why they didn't uh, forge the numbers like they normally do also, I also watched WrestleMania Live over at Buddy's Place, James Benson, AWF referee, and a former co-worker. Uh, Pre-show started out about 4 o'clock Central Time, which I also live in Minnesota, so 4 p.m. Central. And WrestleMania usually does like a two-hour pre-show, and normally they only do an hour for every other pay-per-view special event. But because it's WrestleMania, they want to give people more time to get into the arena and get you know, if they're watching live on the WWE network, get more people to more time to get ready for the event, get hyped up for the event. Um so the ads uh, there's a two hour pre-show, you know, they had three matches. I was kinda halfway paying attention to, really wasn't that interested in them. Well, you know, give my quick thoughts on those quick three pre-show matches. The first pre-show match was for the WWE United States Championship, where Cleisto, the defending United States champion, defeated Ryback in about nine minutes. Uh, the arena wasn't as full as I assumed WWE would like to, since I heard that they had some troubles letting people in on time to the arena. So, they were, you know, also the arena was starting to fill up when this match took place. And this match was decent, I'm surprised that Cleese still won, I was expecting Ryback to dominate and win the United States title seemed like WWE started to get behind Ryback again, they changed his trunks from like wrestling singlet down to like traditional black trunks and it seemed like they were kind of giving him a, a bully gimmick to I don't know, give him another push that they tried a few years back and really wasn't that successful but yeah, Cleveland won. I'm happy for him. You know, I've only seen him, him wrestle in the, these pay-per-view events on WWE Network the last year or so. And I've been impressed each and every time I've seen him in either in a tag team with Sin Cara as the Lucha Drakens or on his own with the United States title. I, I'm excited to see more on how Cleese gets booked in the future and gets pushed up the card. The second match on the pre-show was Team Total Divas with Bree Bella, Paige, Natalia, Alicia Fox and Eva Marie taking on Team Bad and Blonde with that incorporates Lana, Naomi, Tamina, Emma and Summer Rae. This match was about a few minutes longer than the Cleisto Ryback match and I have to say Sucked compared to the Cleves to right back match. Also, there's 10 beautiful, beautiful women in the ring, which, you know, for about 11 and a half minutes, I totally loved watching. You know, who wouldn't? But yeah, the, you know, Divas, I feel like, you know, on WrestleMania 32, they changed the Divas division to the Women's division. But I feel like these 10 ladies define the current day Divas division. And I'm happy that WWE is trying to change up their perception of the women into actually looked at as women instead of divas. Because divas has a bad connotation and such to it. But I have no opinion other than if you want want to watch some beautiful women for 12, 13, 14 minutes including entrances, go back and watch this match. The last uh, pre-show match was a tag team match between the Usos and the Dudley Boys. Um, I'm a big fan of to see the Dudley Boys back in the WWE since it's been, I think, about 10 years or so that that they were gone from the WWE and TNA, Impact Wrestling, and other promotions. And I'm happy to see the Dudley Boys as bad guys, as the heels, because I feel like, well, either way, I, the Dudley Boys can bring a lot into the WWE as tag team, as a tag team, that they could help build up the tag team division, and I feel like as bad guys, it adds more to their character than being good guys. They can have more sizzle to their stake as bad guys. Uh, Bubble Ray, Bully Ray and TNA had a great singles run as a bad guy, as the villain, and I'm happy to start. I'm happy that he can start to somewhat show that on the grand stage of WWE and at WrestleMania with his brother Devon, and I hope that the you know Dudley Boys can you know have a great heel run as a tag team, help rejuvenate the tag team division again in the WWE, and possibly have those two break up, Bubba and Devon, and have Bubba have, a you know, fingers crossed, a serious title run, a serious run for the title by himself at the top bag on the WWE. But back to their match between the Dudley Boys and the Usos, just like the 10 Diva Tag Team match, I wasn't paying too much attention to this match because I don't care about the Usos. The Usos defeated the Dudley Boys, yada, 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 so be it. That was a pre-show. So, let's get into the Meat and the potatoes of WrestleMania, starting at 6 p.m. Central, an hour early for WrestleMania. The opening match for WrestleMania was Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, Sammy Zayn, Sin Cara, Stardust, and The Miz, all challenging Kevin Owens for their Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. That's what 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7-way Ladder match. There's been podcasts out there that I've listened to a little bit. You know, this past week after WrestleMania, recapping WrestleMania the week that thereafter, and a lot of people believe that this was the best match of the night. I feel like this match was a great way to open up the actual WrestleMania show itself. It wasn't my personal favorite out of all those seven guys. I really. Care for Kevin Owens, and that's it. So, in the end, Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title. Good for him. He had his WrestleMania moment, heard his theme song play at WrestleMania, won the Intercontinental title. But the next night on Raw, he lost the Intercontinental title to The Miz. So, it seemed like there's going to be a Zack Ryder Miz feud for the Intercontinental title. To be honest, I'm shatting all over that feud. I, don't, I hate The Miz, I hate his character, well I guess I hate his character, I don't hate the person. The Miz has go away heat for me. Whenever I see him on screen, I just want to turn this TV off, turn the WWE Network off, or you know, just not paying attention to his matches, his segments, so I feel like he's that boring. I guess that's a good sign as a heel, as a bad guy in the WWE, but I just don't care about the moves. I'm happy that Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania in the ladder match. I did not expect him to win. I was expecting either Kevin Owens or or Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn to win, since you know those two. Seem like they had a had a feud back in Ring of Honor a couple years back, but you know plans have changed. Zack Ryder won. Good for him. Uh, the next match of the night, which is the second match of Rest Me A Show, was my favorite match, where Chris Jericho defeated AJ Styles. If you guys don't know me about my about who my favorite wrestler is, is definitely Chris Jericho. I feel like as a character throughout his wrestling career, I feel like I can personally connect to him. I he's about my height. And I always wanted to have the personality that Chris Jericho projects on screen throughout the 90s and into the 2000s and today. Yeah, he's a podcast host, which I am too. He is a rock and roll musician. He's a vocal, vocalist to Fozzie, my favorite band, and also my favorite professional wrestler. And one of the best technical wrestlers going today in the WWE and And all that. AJ Styles. uh, What I've seen of him. He's a great wrestler. I'm happy he's finally getting a chance in the WWE. And I'm happy he had a chance to put on a great match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. With everybody that's on the card. I really don't know who else AJ Styles could have a great match with. Maybe Triple H. That we'll talk about later on. I really don't know who else. Maybe Seth Rollins who's injured. You know. I just don't know who else, but yeah, talk about Chris Jericho versus AJ Styles. This match was based on AJ Styles' debut at the Royal Rumble a few year uh, a few months back in January, and Jericho was his first one-on-one match after the night after the Rumble, where AJ Styles won, and they had you know two other matches after, um, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, where Jericho won. And one at uh, February pay-per-view, Fastlane, where AJ Styles won, and those two, Jericho and Styles, teamed up for a little bit as the Team Y2AJ, which is a silly name in my opinion. And you know they teamed up and all that, and challenged the New Day for the Tay team titles and lost, and Jericho turned on AJ Styles, turning becoming a bad guy, the villain, and. In a lot of the matches I've seen, which is only the, their fast lane match, I feel like out of the fast lane match and the WrestleMania match, this WrestleMania match that they had was the best. In the end, Jer- or AJ Styles jumped up on the top rope to do the the top rope uh, elbow smash that he does, and Jericho caught that in his finish maneuver, the code Breaker, and won, and won, which I really love, which I was happy to see in witness, and yeah, I was just happy to finally see Chris Jericho win a one-on-one match on the WWE Network. Yeah, my mind exploded. Since I'm a big Jericho fan, let be since I'm not really that great with words, well, some people say I probably am, but instead of me trying to describe it more, Let's hear the last closing moments of the Chris Jericho-AJ Styles match for WrestleMania 32.
0: AJ might be thinking about going for that. Phenomenal forearm again. Get up! Oh, AJ could being a cheerleader and try to take out Chris Jericho. Jericho doesn't know where he is, just trying to make it back to his feet. AJ Styles measuring Chris Jericho. Styles looking to launch himself up onto that top rope. He does. And he does. Oh, the okay. Phenomenal oh. forearm though, into the cold breaker Jericho. Cover. Jericho wins. Here is your winner, Chris Jericho. Yes, Jericho had the wherewithal to pull the referee for a second and that little wherewithal by AJ Styles was what caused Chris Jericho to be able to hit that code breaker Where? and walk out with another Wrestlemania moment. You call that wherewithal I call that desperation. Oh, it's called you're a fanboy of AJ Styles. Oh, come Enjoy on, the go. magnificence of the great Chris Jericho the greatest Canadian of all time. AJ Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, and Jericho countered with a codebreaker to win tonight. Raise his hand, referee! At WrestleMania. WrestleMania moment for Chris Jericho!
2: Next up on WrestleMania 32 is the League of Nations, consisting for this match, Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, and Rusev. With Kim Barrett in the corner, take on the WWE Tag Team Champions, The New Day, Kofi Kingston, Biggie, and Xavier Woods. The League of Nations, if you're wondering why they're named the League of Nations, Sheamus is from Ireland, Alberto Del Rio is from Mexico, Rusev is from Bulgaria, Kim Barrett is from England. So, obviously, you know, each guy from different country, that's not the United States. Let's give them a uh, United Nations kind of name, the League of Nations. Uh, they've been around for I want to say better part of six months or so, and I find them to be absolutely boring. I feel like they they are like um, I don't know, piece of bread with butter on it. I don't know. Whatever's the most plain thing you can think of. That's League of Nations. They lack charisma, especially the four of them. I feel like the best two guys there is Rusev and Alberto Del Rio. And I'm sad that those two are teamed up with Sheamus and King Barrett because, oh, those two guys, later two guys, are boring. And because of League of Nations, I ring my Dean Bill at them. The New Day are my probably my favorite act in the WWE nowadays. They are three guys who you can definitely tell are best of friends outside of the ring, outside, off camera, and they bring their chemistry on screen, you know, dancing and joking and great wrestling ability. The New Day are my favorite. I'm sad that the League of Nations defeated the New Day in about 10 minutes or so, give or take, and... I had to say probably in my opinion the most boring match of Wrestlemania 32 the highlight of the match of the League of Nations take on the New Day probably happened afterwards where you know the four League of Nations guys beat down the three New Day guys and King Barrett got on the mic and said there's no three guys in the WWE can beat those four so Shawn Michaels Mick Foley, Stone Cold Steve Austin, three legends came down and beat them up. And I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. Shawn Michaels was, to me, the Chris Jericho back in the 90s. Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler. And like a lot of people who are about my age and older, Hulk Hogan got them into professional wrestling. His charisma, his mic skills, his facial expressions, everything got me into professional wrestling, besides my brothers loving professional wrestling. You know, Shawn Michaels, a workhorse, that in-rig technician, that kept me, in his charisma, that kept me into professional wrestling. So it was great to see Shawn Michaels back, to see Mick Foley, to see the Texas own Steve Austin come in, hit their finish maneuvers, and beat up the new guys. You know, for what? Nothing, really. The next match was... Well, that happened was a no-holds-barred street fight with Brock Lesnar take on Dean Ambrose. Was this match what I was hoping it to be? Not really. I guess well, I then again, I really didn't have any expectations to begin with. But, I was hoping for this match to be so much more. This match was about 13 minutes or give or take. And it was primarily Brock Lesnar suplexing Dean Ambrose. And whenever Dean Ambrose had the chance to Got to grab a few weapons and beat up Brock Lesnar. It was pretty much a glorified jobber match for Brock Lesnar. In the end, Brock Lesnar hit hit his finish maneuver, the F5, onto Dean Ambrose, onto a a pile of steel chairs. And that was it. Meh, whatever. The next match was for the Women's Championship, the newly crowned Women's Championship, between Charlotte, the former... Divas Champion, walking into WrestleMania, the Women's Champion with her father, Ric Flair, in her corner, take on Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Um, As I mentioned earlier in the pre-show match with the 10 Divas, these three women are changing slowly what fans look at the women in the WWE besides besides being Eye Candy, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks are changing it to uh, from swimsuit models to actual women wrestlers. And I've noticed during this match that the announcers, instead of calling them divas, they're calling these three women superstars, trying to have them be equal with the guy wrestlers, which I'm totally for. I feel like the women should be respected, should be seen as equal since every other sport, or a lot of other sports out there, you know, tennis, UFC, everything else, are look at, you know, giving women more respect and honor in those sports. You know, Ronda Rousey and UFC, for example, you know, people are taking women seriously. I'm happy that WWE is changing the women's division from divas division to the women's division. So yeah, they So Charlotte was the last Divas Champion and now the new WWE Women's Champion here at WrestleMania. This match was about 16 minutes long and Charlotte won with her figure force mission. It was great to see the women's match to be actually great compared to the last few WrestleManias. The next match of the night was probably one of the most, besides the Jericho AJ Styles match, another match I was most excited about. It was a hell in a soul match between the Undertaker and Shane McMahon. The stipulation was if the Undertaker wins, Shane McMahon would be out of the company, be written out of quote unquote Liz McMahon's will. If Shane won, he would have control of Monday Night Raw and Undertaker would be banned. From competing at WrestleMania ever again. And most parts, most times, um, I like stipulations. You know, I'll talk about Undertaker tending in with Shawn Michaels earlier when he came out after the League of Nations and New Day match. Back at WrestleMania 26, Undertaker defeated Shawn Michaels in a career for streak match. Because at that time, Undertaker was undefeated at WrestleMania. And... For Shawn Michaels to have a match, another match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels had to put up his career, and that was probably the one of the last times a stipulation WWE was taken seriously. And ever since WrestleMania twenty six, Shawn Michaels never had another wrestling match in the WWE or elsewhere. He stayed retired. So and you know, growing up in the you know nineties. Stipulations were kept, for the most part, up into the Attitude Era in the late 90s. And they kept on doing stipulation matches to bring up the ratings on TV to get pay-per-view buys. And they killed it because, oh, let's do for better ratings. And this match was my, was, you know, my second favorite match watching WrestleMania Live. But reading the Raw results next night on my lunch break at work, this match definitely dropped for me because Vince McMahon gave Shane control of Monday Night Raw the following night, just to see how it goes. Why not? And that pissed me off because why build this match going into WrestleMania? If Shane wins, Shane gets control of Raw. And he lost... But hey, you know, just because you went through the match, I'll let you control Rob for a night. Makes a lot of sense, right? Not really. But, you know, this match was the longest match of the night. Go on 30 minutes. And a lot of people I've inter- interacted with on Twitter, a lot of pot- you know, a few podcasts I listened to felt like this match went too long. And I think having a week or so, what? Me, as a me recording this, having a week to think about this match, you know, look at the results, you know, time cues and all that, I do feel like this match could have been cut in half. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, give or take. You know, between 15 and 20. Uh, this match was pretty much built up for one giant spot at the end, and that's about it. Uh, Shane McMahon never threw great punches to begin with, and him being gone for about six years and coming back, yeah, his punches looked horrible. And not a lot of people throw in... No, people watch... I watch wrestling for, just to suspend my disbelief, to forget about the world for a while, for a few hours, for WrestleMania for seven hours. It's hard for me to believe Shane McMahon could fist-for-fist fist take on The Undertaker. Even though Undertaker's a few years older, but still, Undertaker's a trained professional. Shane McMahon, not so much. A lot of people had, a lot of people I've interacted with had a problem with this match because of that, and a lot of people felt like this match was super slow. And I can see that. That's why I'm saying I felt like this match would, would have been a lot better if this match would have been cut in half to 15 minutes, to between 15 and 20 minutes. In the end, Shane McMahon got a bolt cutter's cut out, was able to get out of the side of the hell of the cell. Undertaker and Shane brawled outside of the cell by the announcer's booth. Undertaker was in a sleeper hole by Shane McMahon and put Shane McMahon through one of the announcer's tables to break up the submission. And a few minutes later, Shane McMahon laid out Undertaker on the English announcer's table climb up on top of the helmet cell which is like 20-25 feet tall I don't know for sure I assume at least 20 feet tall so plus Shane's height well, t- Shane, top of Shane's head is about 26 feet up in the air and Shane dove off the top of the cage and well can't really hear the bell but landed through the announcer's table and Undertaker moved out of the way so kabosh, boom Shane McMahon did a big old dive for nothing, pretty much. Um, like I said, you know, that was probably, I don't know, a little over 20 minutes into the match. And like I said before, they could have easily cut that down, well, up to that spot maybe 10 minutes into it. You know, I feel like Undertaker could have just, should have just beat the living crap out of Shane McMahon for, I don't know, 5 10 minutes and somehow they got out of the cage, maybe tied Vince McMahon into it, having him feeling bad for his son, being beat the living crap out of inside the cage, so the cage door opened because Vince wanted to get in. That's how they got out. Or something other than how they did it. You know, then they could have went on top of the cage, and Shane dove off and missed, and call it good. Um, A lot of people are speculating that this was Undertaker's last match because he left his... Gloves inside the ring. You know, that symbol... It, that being a sim, symbol of him calling it quits. So I don't know why they couldn't have Shane win in the end. You know, like I said, have Vince, Vince McMahon coming and and Shane, Shane McMahon rolling Undertaker up behind, behind and getting a fluke win. I don't know. But, you know, out of all the matches on the card, district probably is still my second match behind the Jericho-A.J. Styles match. And just like the Jericho-A.J. Styles match, I'm going to kick into the audio of the last minute or two or so of the Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Shane McMahon.
0: Oh, my gosh. What the hell, Shane, what what are you doing? Good God, Shane, don't do this. Don't even think about it. Shane is scaling the hell in a cell. That's 20 feet high. How much does your legacy mean to you, Shane? Not this, please. Come on. Not this much, Shane. For God's sakes, get him down. Shane is climbing to the top of hell in a cell. Shane is climbing to the top of a cell. That's 20-something feet in the air. Shane is on the top of hell hell is he thinking he's not thinking shake it down he's peering over the edge john looking down at the undertaker who's down and out on our table and i understand this is about your legacy this is about your family's legacy but you gotta think about your well-being Got to think about those three kids that came out here tonight. His young, his young, his young boys. His no, wife no, was here no, tonight. No
2: legacy of no Shane McMahon, is, no, Shane McMahon
0: is over 20 feet. Come on, come on, no. above the floor. No Shane McMahon, he can't be thinking straight. Shane O'Mac no. is on top of hell in a cell. Shane, can't, don't do he it. He can't do this, Shane. Shane. No, no. Oh my God, damn it, Shane, stop it. Shane don't do god, this no. Shane no. no oh my god. god no for the love of mankind Shane just exploded through our table oh My god it's somebody check god, on him somebody never. check on Shane And wait Keanu, get on check on him Let's call some medics. Oh, my God. This is absolutely incredible. I still can't believe that that we just witnessed this. That we just witnessed that. believe Shane would do. Undertaker saying not tonight. Shane up high. Undertaker center of the ring. Undertaker. Get now, perhaps mercifully, to save McMahon's legacy. Mercifully, this the is stone Tombstone pile driver. The Undertaker wins. Here is for winner, The Undertaker. Mr. McMahon's legacy is intact. And The Undertaker, the gunfighter will return to WrestleMania. An absolute battle of attrition. I can't help but feel sorry for Shane McMahon and the attempt to regain his legacy. He's been disowned by his father. He wrestled like he was in somebody else's body. He put everything out there. And he's been vanquished.
2: That was one hell of a dive and probably went a few spots that people will, will remember from WrestleMania 32. Sadly, it breaks my heart that people will probably remember that Shim McMahon dived off the top of the Hell in a Cell through the announcer's table more than the awesome springboard cold breaker that Jericho hit AJ Styles with the, earlier in the night. But hey, the drop from the Hell in a Cell was definitely more impressive. So, my hat goes off to Shim McMahon, you know, being in the mid 40s doing a dive like that for my entertainment. Shane Shane McMahon, if somehow you're listening to this, if people know you personally can relay this message, thank you for laying your body on the the line for my entertainment. The next match was a 20-man battle royal for the Under the Giant Memorial Trophy. And this is the third year that they've done this Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And I have to say the last two Battle Royals were a lot more entertaining than this one. One at WrestleMania 30 was won by um, Cesaro, which was better than last year's at WrestleMania 31, which was won by The Big Show. Uh, that was on the pre-show. And if you guys don't know, The Big Show originally was billed as Andre the Giant's Sun And when Big Show debuted in 1995... 1996 in World Championship Wrestling, WWE's competitor back in the 90s. And this year was won by NXT wrestler, superstar Baron Corbin. I think this was the second time I saw Baron Corbin. I think he was on the Network Special uh, Roadblock, like in March sometime, I think March 12th or something like that. It's on a Saturday in March. But, yeah, Baron Corbin won this The most memorable memorable moment from this battle royal was Shaq made an appearance. Yes, Shaquille O'Neal made an appearance on WrestleMania 32, competed in a match, and there was no hype for it. No advertisement, no nothing. I don't know if this was a last-minute deal or anything, but I wish they could have made a deal with Shaq sooner, for that way they could... Advertised that Shaqs are making an appearance at Wrestlemania. Even have a match at Wrestlemania. Uh, Tatanka, former WWF wrestler from the 90s, was in the match. The Battle Royal and Diamond Dallas Page, man, was also in the match. Uh, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, I think for the th- two-time, two-time, or I think maybe even for the three-time, three-time, three-time WCW Champion. That match sucked. Uh, the next match wasn't advertised. The, well, The Rock was advertised. Dwayne Johnson. He made an appearance uh, with a flamethrower, you know, a little billboard, R O C K Rock. He put, set on fire. That kind of looked like the Hollywood sign. He came out to announce that attendance record of, well, announced that they broke a record, and up on the screen was 101,763 inside the at t Stadium, then the Wyatt family came out. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and Eric Rowan all came out, and Bray had an awesome, to me, an awesome back and forth battle with the rock and the microphone. Um, Bray mentioned that the rock symbolized success in American culture, which was, uh, if I remember correctly, rock said so that he had couple bucks to his name when he broke into pro wrestling, I think, 94, 95, 96, and The Rock is now a multi-millionaire being a major A-list Hollywood movie star. Um, Bray Wyatt and his Wyatt clan with Braun Strowman and Eric Rowan wanted to attack The Rock, but The Rock said, you know what? Instead of attacking me three-on-one, why not have one of you three guys Fight me. Have a wrestling match. Rock took off his shirt. Had to you know, rip apart pants or whatnot. He was ready in his wrestling trunks. Called for a referee. And there was a match. Eric Rowan went one-on-one with The Rock. And um, they set another you know, record at WrestleMania. of having you know, 101,000 people inside at Stadium. The Rock defeated Eric Rowan. In six seconds. Yes, six seconds. One 1000, two 1000, three 1000, four 1000, five 1000, six 1000. The winner is the rock. Approach uh, what happened was they went face to face, were staring each other down once the bell rang. Rock at the rock bottom on Eric Rowan. One, two, three. Bell rang again. The Rock was declared the winner. Good job, The Rock. So the main event of the evening was a 14 time WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Triple H defending his WWE Championship against Roman Reigns. If you guys can't really pick it up on my uh, how I'm talking, I could care less about Roman Reigns as WWE champion. Yes, obviously Roman Reigns won. That was expected. I could have told you that back when Triple H won their WWE title inside the Royal Rumble match back in January that Roman Reigns was gonna win the title again off of him at WrestleMania for the third time. Uh, since Survivor Series back in November, this is Roman Reigns' third WWE title run. He won the title at Roman at Survivor Series back in November. Last like five minutes later to Sheamus, uh, like five six weeks later in January, I think December, Sheamus won the title for the second time against Sheamus on Monday Night Raw. Then you know Triple H won the title at the Rumble. Then yeah here we go Roman Reigns is the WWE champion for the third time. Um, this match started at 10 p.m. Central, and most of the time pay per views end at 10 p.m. Central. So we're four hours into the actual pay-per-view. Six hours if you want to include the pre-show. And then Smash started. If not the entrance. Probably the entrance since, since this match was about 27-ish minutes. Uh, the most memorable thing for me was Triple H's entrance. Tied it in with the um, blockbuster movie Deadpool. That came out within the last few months. Uh, Stephanie looked really hot. Doing a little pre-match speech Connor herself the Queen of Queens and we need to bow down to the King of Kings Triple H and they had a bunch of well, I was told NXT wrestlers afterwards dressed up in Deadpool mask and you know, tre- you know trench coats and held uh, reciprocal of WWE title belts and all that and it was cool visual if you guys haven't seen pictures of it the actual entrance or what not go back and watch it uh I was definitely burnt out from the pay-per-view when this match started. As of me recording, I haven't went back and rewatched this match. I probably should. Uh, but this match wasn't really that great. Uh, I felt like the crowd was into it at the end after Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon was speared by Roman Reigns. And I feel like the final sequence, where I can remember, I was, I was interested in the final sequence when Stephanie handed Triple H a sledgehammer, and each time Triple H won, the sledgehammer at Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns ducked him and ran ran to the ropes and bounced back to try to hit the spear. But when Triple H tried to hit Roman Reigns with the sledgehammer a few more times, Reigns kept on ducking. And at the last time, obviously Roman Reigns hit the spear. Got the three count, won the third his third WWE title in the last six months or so. Um, yeah, I, I'll say I'm not that happy about Roman Reigns as the WWE champion, but it is what it is. I suppose, I guess, right? Right. So, yeah, let's you know what? Let's just. Let me insert the clip of any of this match into this podcast right now.
0: Oh, my God, Stephanie. Stephanie's headed, had headed Triple H's signature sledgehammer. Again, if Triple H is disqualified, he will retain the championship. He'll lose the match officially, but it won't it. matter to him. Ripley has seen it. The Triple H uses it, he gets disqualified, but you're right, he walks out of here, WWE Champion. That could have been a squa- Superman Punch! let
2: So that was the closing sequence of the mid-event match at WrestleMania 32 where Roman Reigns won the WWE title from Triple H. Um, Wanted to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame ceremony that happened the night before down in Dallas, Texas the WrestleMania weekend. Um, I only watched a a few of the induction speeches because I was watching it on a delay and I was tired, and I really didn't feel like watching the whole thing. Uh, what I watched was The Godfather's speech, which was very entertaining and short, which I really appreciated. Godfather, if you guys don't know, was a pimp. His character was a pimp back in the Attitude Era, in the late 90s. Uh, it was fun to you know, kind of hear him thank the fans for... Supported him throughout his whole career from the Godfather to before that was like Papa Shango and Kama and all that. And, and one thing I appreciated from the speech was he mentioned something along the lines of telling the current crop of superstars that to enjoy your time now, because in a blink of an eye, it's going to be gone. So enjoy the time you have it now. Cause when, when you're done, you're going to look back and wish for those times again. So his speech was cool. Um, I I listened to Vader's induction speech for induction speech for Stan Hansen. I didn't listen to Stan Hansen's speech. wasn't really that interesting. I apologize for that. Um, Jacqueline was in, inducted too. I skipped her speech. The fabulous Freebirds. Uh, per, was there and per, uh, Michael Hayes performed Bad Street USA which was awesome. I listened to most of their speech. It was like 45 minutes longer so I probably was there for watch for about maybe 35-40 minutes of it. Skip till the end when Michael Hayes performed Bad Street USA. Um, definitely worthwhile. One of probably the better speeches, well, that's what I watched one of the better speeches. Uh, one of the most talked about speeches. Um, Big Boss Man's family shared their memories of him being inducted in and them appreciating the fans reliving his or not letting go of his career. You know, I teared up a little bit because you know, now going back and watching stuff uh, on the WWE network, Big Boss Man's one guy I appreciate nowadays that I wish I would have appreciated back in the late eighties and into the 90s, into early 2000s. He's a guy that's like my body type. You know, a big, in terms a big fatty. You know, a guy with a belly and all that. And he was pretty agile for a big fat guy. And he was, you know, a jailer from Cobb County, Georgia. One of the most iconic theme songs from late 80s, early 90s, WWF. So it was great to hear Slick induct him and have his... Big Boss Man's widow and two daughters accept his Hall of Fame uh, spot in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Snoop Dogg was inducted in the Celebrity Wing. I skipped that. Nothing to say about Snoop Dogg. Um, Joanne London, I don't even know how to pronounce her name, uh, received the Warrior Award for her battle against, I think, breast cancer. I guess she's the face of of Good Morning America for over two decades. To kind of join London, L-U-N-D-E-N. This is what you get people for me doing a solo show. I butcher names, if you guys don't know. And the main event of the night was Stane being inducted into, the, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I really, really, really enjoyed his speech. If you guys only want to watch one One speech, induction speech, watched Stain. He went short, he was probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so, and he announced his retirement, which sucks because it was great to see Stain in the WWE and have a couple WWE matches. He battled Triple H at WrestleMania 31, had a couple matches on Raw, building up to his. Build up to him challenging Seth Rollins for the WWE title in September at Night of Champions. The Night of Champions was his last match, and he took a buckle power bomb and his whiplash punch caused whatever to in his neck to determine him to retire because of what doctors' orders and all that. I know I'm not really that great of explaining it, but there's Dave Meltzer's and other great podcasters and journalists that explained what happened. Um. So, yeah, if you guys going to watch one Hall of Fame speech, talk to Stan, or watch Stan's. NXT had its uh, NXT TakeOver special, too, Friday night. I did not watch it. I have heard great things about it. I wanted to mention, bring it up, because it's, it was two hours on the WWE Network, and like I mentioned before, but WrestleMania was like four hours and 45 minutes Taking out the pre-show, including the pre-show, six hours and forty-five minutes, and I've heard a lot of people. And for for instance, the still a show with Captain Obvious, Trey Denton, Jack Peck. Captain Obvious was multi multi-time guest on the event status radio, and they talked about a lot about how WrestleMania, pushing seven hours, quantity-wise, is nothing. Compared to the two-hour NXT Takeover show for the quality, and they questioned greatly on why Russ Mania had to be pushing seven hours long. And I agree with, and I want to take some time out and talk about that. You know, I mentioned before, you know, talk about the Roman Reigns Triple H match. I was burnt out from it. I can tell a lot by the a lot of the fan interaction, just watching the fans on screen, that people were tired. You know, seven hours is a long time, and especially for a lot of these matches, they were TV quality at best. So that six-hour and 45-minute show, including the pre-show, could easily be pushed down to maybe five hours if you still wanted to do a two-hour pre-show. The pre-show could have been cut down to one hour. You know, maybe do an hour and a half if you still wanted to do the first three pre-show matches. Um, like I said, the Undertaker-Shane McMahon match went 30 minutes, could have been cut down to 15 to 20, so I could have saved 10 minutes. Um, the whole Rock thing, you know, of his match was six seconds, but his talking segment could have been cut in half. That, So those two things would have cut down to probably, you know, pay-per-view-wise four hours, you know. But, you know, but that's just me, though. Um... WrestleMania, you know, compared to uh, the WWE Network era of WrestleMania. WrestleMania 30, 31, and 32. 32 was the shaddiest of all of the last three WrestleManias. Um, 31 is probably, the, I consider it probably the best, because of the Seth Rollins cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase and winning the WWE title from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And probably in 30 when Daniel Bryan beat Triple H in the opening match, then go on and won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship from Rennie Orton and Batista in the main event. Was you know probably also you know, my number two. Then I'll see this year's WrestleMania when you know when in the end, I don't know if people are really going to remember any matches. You know, I believe people are going to remember Roman Reigns defeating Triple H, toppling him. Triple H's awesome Deadpool entrance. Probably Shane, you know, the Shea McMahon leap from Top of the Hell in a Cell that I mentioned. And people might remember that AJ Styles and Chris Shook had an awesome match. People you know, been talked about the Intercontinental title ladder match. I don't think people are going to remember any full matches from WrestleMania 32. And that, that sucks. You know, WrestleMania is Pro Wrestling's Super Bowl. Pro Wrestling's World Series, and people not thinking too highly of it, me not thinking too highly, uh, highly of it, speaks volumes on wh- what kind of job WWE did. So yeah, I don't know what to say about that. But you know, I wish next year, Wrestling at 33, I believe it's going to be in Orlando, Florida. I hope they do a a lot better job than WrestleMania 32 here in Dallas, Texas. And it sucks because they're not going to have the number of people inside the arena, I think, at the Citrus Bowl like they did here in Dallas, Texas, in the ATT Stadium. Um, so, yeah, this is the first Doghouse House podcast with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy. I thank you guys for listening. Like, again, you guys can hit me up on Twitter, at Dirty Dog M-E-S that's dog as in D-A-W-G at Dirty Dog M-E-S wherever else I post this podcast up, hit me up there let me know how this went or if you guys know how to get a hold of me get a hold of me let me know what you guys thought of this podcast and we'll see down the road if there'll be more doghouse podcasts with me the Dirty Dog Darcy and for now I bid you guys adieu
0: Come on! Hey! 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 Come on! Then the time when I said goodbye And now I'm back and not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby, here I am Signed to deliver, I'm yours Oh yeah! When I said goodbye and now to see me cry, Ooh, baby. Here I am, silencing the tender. I'm yours. I'm dead. Yeah. Here I am, baby. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You, should get, you should get much more time than anyone else. <laughs> that is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good. <laughs>